This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Live from the Accessible Media Studios, this is Kelly and Ramya. Entertainment, lifestyle, and great conversation. It's AMI's on-air community, and everyone's invited. What time it is to swing open the gateway to your weekend. We do this on the program every Friday. Well, we, we did on Kelly and Company, so Ramya then I think we'll just... Bring that gate over here and do it on this show as well. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Kelly and Rumya, folks. How are you today? Hey, Kels. It's, I'm doing great. It's a Friday. Um, we're, of course, having our daily check-ins on first show, second show, third show. It's our fifth show and the final one of the week, so I'm doing well. How are you? Well, I'm great because now I'm going to put you on the spot like we did poor John Melville yesterday on the round table. Your report card for the week. Uh, How do you yes. think? Uh, How it, have we done? It's been feeling wonderful, so I'd say we're doing pretty well. I don't know if I can score it necessarily, but it's it feels like an A because it feels um, good, confident. Every day we're laughing more, doing more, and and having all our firsts, and so I'd say doing well. So four shows down, one more to go to actually call it a full week, and I have to ask the critics out there. Um, your mom. Probably one of those critics because she's been in the business who has that kind of, well, any thoughts, any comments yet? Or has she been like a lot do they stay quiet and makes you wonder, is that good or bad? Yeah, she stays more quiet. Um, and I don't know when she picked that up because when we were younger, she would definitely comment on everything and anything. But now, <laughs> nowadays, it's a little more. And I, I think it's because she's um, just very excited for us and very looking forward to how the show continues to grow. I think people who have been or are in the industry also have started to realize they're going to be critical in a far different way than regular audience members out there that are all about the content and what we're doing, what we're talking about, and what our our guests are saying. Yeah, probably. Like, our contributors and guests have also been, um, you know, sending us positive, encouraging, thoughtful messages, and so that's been helpful as well. And we don't go anywhere in social media where any of the negative ones are, are sent. No. So there you go. We're good. We We're delete, smart. But we definitely don't find them. <laughs> Let's take a look, ladies and gentlemen, share with you what's coming up on today's edition of Kelly and Ramya. Our good friend John Beeler, he's along shortly. He's got an app update for us. He's going to recap his visit to the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas, where he learned about an autonomous wheelchair being tested right here in Canada at the Winnipeg Airport. I'm so excited about the items from the CES this year. Yeah. There was a record broken in 2022 in the audiobook world, and we're going to find out exactly what that record is when we talk to Ryan Huey on the Chatty Bookshelf. We also later in the program will be joined by Grant Hardy as we uh, revisit and weigh in on conversations we've had on the program for the past week. We call it Cut for Time. We'll do that at the bottom of hour two right here on Kelly and Rumya. So I do need to give a really big thanks. Uh, We had some work done and uh, one of the uh, technicians from Bell Canada was in here today to do some work here at the studio. So I have to give a big thanks to Sputter from Bell who, uh, that's his nickname, has had it since high school. I'm not making it up, it's true. And really appreciate the efforts and work that that, that he did here, getting some things set and told him uh, we'd give a shout because he said, I'll be watching Mm -hmm. at some point, maybe on one of the 
pizza or something, but uh, hi to him and thank you very much. Got a recall for you, and we have been doing this on the show generally a lot of time. They're food recalls, but thought I'd throw this particular recall in. This is a new one, and it's a pro uh, product is certain LG 86-inch smart TVs and the associated uh, support stand. The issue... It's an entrapment hazard, so it could come tumbling down pretty easy, uh, they say. So if you have bought or, or are thinking of it, you may want to ask some questions and maybe go a different direction, at least with the stand and so on. Um, sounds like something they'll rectify pretty quickly. Uh, this is just for the general public, so you could pick these up anywhere. Okay, now, Ramya, something that you wanted to talk about yesterday, I wanted to talk about on the roundtable, and we didn't get to it. Right. Universal Parks and Resorts is bringing a theme park to Texas that will focus on entertaining young children. On a 97-acre piece of land, 30 minutes north of downtown Dallas, plans are in the works for a universal park unlike any other in the world, and we're wildly excited, says company chairman Mark Woodbury. Unlike Universal's Orlando Park, Raptors! Company president of New Ventures, Paige Thompson, says... Everything in this park is really being designed for children under 10. That's our target, our focus right there. No timeline has been revealed for the Universal theme park in Frisco, Texas. Jim Ryan, ABC News, Dallas. So the word I hear is 10-year-olds are just going to have a great old time. 10 years old and below. So I don't know your experience with fun parks and stuff like that below the age of 10, Ramya. Mm. Can you sit here and list off five, six things? You know, we always had Kitty Land. Let's go and check out Kitty yeah, Land when yeah. I was little. And I don't want to do that. I want to go on the bigger rides where I'll get sick. Um, what can you think of some of the things, if any, from below 10? Like, I, I guess it's that long ago that I'm, well, what rides? Like a merry-go-round? Yeah, exactly. I can't pinpoint to that degree because what if kids these days don't want what we liked um, when we were growing up, right? Like all the little games and definitely anything with prizes and anytime there was like a an mc at a game like the the kids right. area at uh, wonderland or, faster right exactly step on up uh ontario place um at the island uh, the toronto island there's a kitty zone i can't remember what the heck it's called now either but anyways the the games the snacks right like candy or cotton candy and popcorn <laughs> and all the other stuff candy apples i loved when i was a kid too so oh, yeah. to get me to eat apples oh. And I don't know, water, water stuff, water slides, yeah. water yes, parks. Yes. yes. So. Well, I remember going with my um, siblings, older siblings, and going on the bigger rides, but they'd say, well, let's go to Kittyland. And sometimes I found those rides worse or scarier for me than the bigger rides. So, okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah. folks. Something to think about, something to watch for to see what they include at that particular fun park. We're going to take two minutes, and when we return, up next, we dis uh, discuss some trending headlines with our reporter out in Vancouver, Grant Hardy. Welcome to the program. We'll talk to you in two minutes. Don't miss a minute. Kelly and Ramya will be right back. If you have a question or comment for Kelly and Ramya, call the feedback line at 1-866-509-4545 and give us permission to use your message on the air. Or email your thoughts to kellyandramya at ami.ca.
If you're new to the program, thanks for being with us. Kelly McDonald here, Ramya Muth, and she's at the studio in Toronto on main campus at AMI. I'm at the home studio, London, Ontario. I'm a six-foot-tall black gentleman wearing today a gray three-button-up shirt and a gray hat. Ramya, um, I'll turn it over to you. You can fill us in on your background and setup over there. Sure. Well, I'm in Toronto, as you said, sitting behind a long white table in the shape of a surfboard. Behind me is the Toronto skyline uh, uh, painted onto a curtain, and there are some physically lit, tall, rectangular pillars in white and purple for the colors of Kelly and Ramia. I'm wearing a big, oversized uh, blue jean jacket today um, over a camel top, and my hair is out. And I was going to tell you, Kelly, earlier that um, I didn't blow dry my hair today, so it's a bit poofy than usual and uh, I am a Sri Lankan Canadian uh, woman with brown skin and long black wavy hair and uh, yeah pretty makeup free today as well and folks you'll never hear me talk about my hair I keep the fedora on but quite frankly <laughs> it abandoned ship a long time ago <laughs> today Don't folks let's couple, bring though? on what's couple? that a couple hairs there's oh, a couple there's yeah, a little okay. more than a couple maybe five ten yeah. You know, and they, they group together, so it doesn't look too bad, especially if you keep it shaven, right? I still stay with you. Which is what I do. Yeah, like it hasn't completely left, not yet. Right. Maybe another two or three years. Let's bring on reporter Grant Hardy. He's here to talk the latest in health, lifestyle, and accessibility. Hey, I'm Grant Hardy, and welcome to the Headlines segment. I tackle everything from health and lifestyle to accessibility and tech. I have it all right here on Kelly and Ramia. Sir, welcome back to the show. Hope things out in Vancouver hey. are well. We're swinging open the gateway to the weekend, and what a way to start it with the stuff that you've brought to talk about today on the program. Ooh, someone pointed out to me that it's Lucky Friday the 13th today. Mm -hmm. I hadn't even thought about that. So hopefully our uh, headlines uh, go over well. Mm -hmm. I can already yeah. feel some weird technical problem coming up or something. Oh, oh, oh don't say that. Don't, don't say, say that. It. Uh, yeah, oh. because it'll uh, likely happen to Rumya and I'll be here doing the show on my own. Um, <laughs> Lucky for me. <laughs> Grant, have you, have you had a family member that's kind of been that superstitious person? You don't have to call them out, just wonder. Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah, I can definitely think of people uh, in my family that have been superstitious. Yeah, my mother yeah, definitely it, was. Yeah, it's funny because I think that accidents and, you know, little incidents and stuff like that actually do tend to increase on days like this. But I think it's just because we're all a little more uh, uh, tense than yeah. usual, you know? Yeah. I better uh, not go down that route because I might trip over something down that way. It's a pretty rough area. I'll go this way that I never go. Ow, I tripped over something. You know, it's <laughs> just that kind of thing that people yeah. do. Rami, have you had that? Is there people in your family that are more superstitious or not? My mom is very superstitious, and I'm not going to go into details about how I feel about that, but she is. <laughs> it's a fact, and um, some of it, I will say, has trickled down to me just because it was so, like, we grew up feeling superstitious about everything, absolutely anything right. and everything. So, so prominent in your family. So prominent that I'm like, oh, no. Like, sometimes even now I'll, I'll step on a crack, and I'm like, what? We didn't even grow <laughs> up with the superstition. What's wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've adapted to other people's. Grant, the floor is yours, sir. So, speaking of anxiety, maybe not superstition, but definitely anxiety, uh, all these uh, 
pets, dogs that people have picked up uh, in the last couple of years uh, during COVID. Animal experts say pandemic pet anxiety is a real thing. And as the world is opening up, all these dogs are not digging it so much when their owners are going to work and stuff like that. So in the most severe cases, dogs can actually end up harming themselves by biting and licking excessively, barking excessively, or causing damage to their home. My dog used to be a, a big tail chewer. She used to actually chew her own tail when she mm. was anxious. It was crazy. If a dog owner gets the sense that their dog is suffering from separation anxiety, they can try to address it quickly. The longer that behavior goes on for, the harder it is to get rid of, get more, it gets more ingrained into their uh, psyche, and it gets harder to break the habit. So owners should make sure their pets get sufficient exercise and have a place they feel comfortable in the home with toys of their own and perhaps a crate. One vet suggested dog owners record a video of what happens when they're away just to see what's going on. Uh, for really mild cases, sometimes you can just do some uh, behavior modifications or some special training for the dog in order to help. Also, practice departures to habituate the dog and then establish a departure routine. Basically, when arriving home or departing from home, owners should avoid making it too dramatic. You know, we all love to like rush up and hug our dogs and, and you know, give them big praise and this and that. But this can actually reinforce that going away is a big problem. And the tip that I especially love about that article is to have, uh, give your dog its own place. This is actually something that we are always taught to do for guide dogs, but I think it's really helpful with pets as well, because I don't know, that's just something that animals, including us, uh, seem to like is having a place that's just ours that we could just sort of go to to unwind. Yeah. Um, curious what you guys, I know at least Ramia, you guys have uh, a pet, a dog, I, can't, I believe. I can't remember, Kelly, if you have a pet, but what, what do you think about the tips offered in this article? Well, if I could just jump in and, and my off the top of my head thought for me is just what I've witnessed when I've had people say, oh, especially at CNIB functions or maybe if you have a conference and there's a lot of dogs around, you'll get the, oh my goodness, there's all this going on. These animals are chasing their tail, like you know, under the table, like and like you said, or licking the carpet and stuff like that. So I, I know some mm -hmm. of those very tough experiences. Ramya, what do you have for us? Yeah, I was just going to say initially, first of all, that sometimes these um, actions of anxiety, these behaviors that are prompted by anxiety, go unnoticed by people, especially if you're not experienced in having pets or haven't had all the mentorship uh, while your pet was still young, like a puppy or a kitten. Um, you may not even realize that this is anxiety awareness. And we've had Dr. Danielle Jonka and our veterinarian come on and talk about this kind of thing, right? Like, what do you need to look for or mm -hmm. notice and to be aware of that this is actually anxiety-driven behavior? So my dog, he scratches. Like, it doesn't matter where or, like, where on his body, but he will all of a sudden um, mm. start scratching and start itching. And I, I've coined it stress itching. 
And my brother's oh, yeah. like, that's not stress itching. I'm like, it is. You can tell because it's only in certain circumstances that he'll start to do this. And I know because it's not stopped. And it's not because he has fleas. It's not because he needs a haircut or he came back and he's all muddy or any of that. It's just random times and random situations will make him stress itch. And yeah, that's the idea. Right? Exactly. So I think the biggest thing is knowing that some of this behavior uh, could be anxiety driven and to like tap into it that way, but totally true. Like training your dogs and cats to mm, alleviate some of that separation anxiety, yeah. making them have some independent space and time. Like if your dog is following you around the house all the time, as for example, a guide dog would, right? Because they're with mm -hmm. you 24 right. seven. Yep. Uh, that could lead to a lot of separation anxiety. Yeah, I mean, definitely in your home, if your guide dog is following you around the house 24-7, even off the harness, that could yes. be a sign that there's something else going on. I just wanted to point out as a quick aside here, um, I do think it's super important if we're in the blind community and we have guide dogs to put in that extra effort to make sure our dogs are happy and mm -hmm. get exercise and play and this and that. But I just want to point out that, you know, whenever you hear people talk about, you know, maybe guide dogs having a more difficult life than pets, I always just point this out that I can't believe how many people have these big dogs, they leave them at home from like 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. during the workday. And they're like, oh, he's yeah. fine. He, he's just learned uh -huh. to hold it. He doesn't fine. have to go out to go to the bathroom. And your guide dog, like, you're trained to take it out around the clock yes. several times a day. And if you don't, you know, that's a real problem. So in that case, we they actually do have kind of an advantage in that sense. Yeah. And but even your guide dog, right? Like they're so well behaved. They're trained to be so chill, lay under the table until I release you or whatever. Um, so sometimes it's like, again, Dr. Daniel Jonkind had talked about this all the time, where dogs and cats are so good at hiding their discomforts and hiding if they're For not sure. feeling mm -hmm. well, hiding mm -hmm. if they're in pain uh, and anxious and all these other things. So, you know, it's it's double what you have to pay attention to for service animals who are well-trained. Yeah, Absolutely. For sure. uh, Grant, where do you want to um, go now, sir? Yeah, let's talk about the imbalance, the balancing act between impressing a potential sweetheart and staying on budget without coming across as cheap. Well, it's always been a part of dating, but with inflation on the rise, it's getting trickier to strike. Taking a new quote-unquote, love out for dinner costs about 8% more than it did last year, according to October numbers from StatsCan. Uh, extending the evening with drinks at the bar means coughing up about another 4% relative to 2021 on top of the already higher everyday costs of rent and groceries. And that's left some people putting off scheduling dates altogether, while others are keeping their date nights simple by suggesting casual activities rather than elaborate ones, uh, according to surveys from the major dating platforms, uh, such as uh, just going on a hike, maybe some homemade cocktails, going ice skating, uh, just going for a walk. Also, people's uh, dating habits are shifting a little bit. Uh, for example, uh, I believe it said that on the dating apps, people are purchasing uh, less of these sort of premium subscriptions where you get 
more in-depth access to the dating website. And uh, Bumble is kind of advertising themselves as a little bit of a uh, cheaper sort of discount uh, option, if you will. Uh, so I have some kind of mixed feelings about this now. I believe all of us have partners, so presumably maybe none of us are on the dating websites at the moment. Um, not maybe, definitely. But I do think that, uh, you know, one kind of unfortunate downside of this is that all of these activities, ice skating, hiking, homemade cocktails, movie, etc. I guess I kind of see as a little bit more high risk. Going out for dinner and drink somewhere, you're kind of in a venue where you don't have to look after all of this sort of logistical element. So even though it's a little more money, you're in a public space where you have the opportunity to kind of move around, to leave. You have other people sort of looking out for you. So this is a really interesting sort of uh, crunch time maybe instead of doing like a student discount or something they should do like a new couples discount but how would you ever prove that right yeah right yeah like <laughs> you show them your dating profile i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's like when you go to a place and you well uh, don't you give a dessert uh, free dessert out uh, for people on their birthday yeah yeah oh yeah, don't you know it's your date? birthday uh, yeah, where's your yeah, darn ID I, and stuff like that? I'm, I'm <laughs> 10. Like, I, think... I, look, I look a little bit older, but I promise it's just, you know. Um, also, interestingly, um, paying for those premium access to dating websites gives you such an incredibly huge advantage. So that's another kind of unfortunate <laughs> uh, thing that you're not able to do. And I don't say that sort of... Uh, you know, sarcastically, but uh, it gives you access to not only see a lot of info and make your info more visible, which yeah, I, yeah. I kind of felt was an advantage for me being yeah. already at a disadvantage. Sir, we have to get going. We'll talk to you more a little later on in the program when you're back for Cut for Time. Grant Hardy, and he had some headlines for us. We're going to step aside, and when the show returns, John Beeler for his app update right here on Kelly and Ramya. Wherever you are checking us out, you know, maybe listening in at AMI-audio right from the website at AMI.ca, which you can stream the show. You could be anywhere around the world, so appreciate you hanging in with us. And if you're new to our program, checking us out on AMI-tv, thanks a lot. Really wonderful to have you on board. Always look for uh, your feedback in any way you wish to give it to us uh, on Twitter or, or call it in. Just always feel free. Nice to, nice to hear from you. I'm Kelly McDonald with Ramya Muthan. Well, on Fridays, we check in for an app update, and we do this with John Bueller of Get Connected. I'm John Bueller from Get Connected in Vancouver. Join me on Kelly and Ramya, where I share the latest app, mobile, and tech news. Everything from accessibility and product launches to privacy and security. We cover the gamut. John, I was having a conversation with Dave Brown on the show uh, this morning, and we were like, is he still in Vegas? Because our bags are packed, and we're ready to join you if you are. But uh, CES is complete, so are you back home now? 
I am back home, yes. And oh. <laughs> very tired from Vegas. Okay. Well, we were, <laughs> we were we got into a whole conversation about how next time the whole AMI gang, you know, Kelly, myself, Dave, everybody who wants to come is going to get sent along with you. So, mm, mm, mm. dream. Sounds good. It would be a dream come true. Let's talk about some of the things that you ran into at CES, Consumer Electronics uh, Show this year, and that stood out for you. A lot of accessibility on the docket. So, Samsung is unveiling a something, I don't know how to pronounce it, some kind of mode for our TVs. <laughs> so tell us what it is, because it's for people with this, or for low vision community members. Yeah, yeah. it's actually called Reluminos mode, which okay. sounds like a Harry Potter spell, yeah. but it actually is kind of magical in the sense that this is a mode that will be available on Samsung TVs that you can switch on. And essentially what it does is it makes it a very high contrast picture and it really brings out certain elements within the picture frame so that it's very, a, a lot more visible to low vision uh, folks out there. And it really highlights certain things like you can see the B on here. It's You couldn't even see it on a normal video on the left side, but on the right side, these uh, macaroons, I think, uh, and the B are very visible because they're outlined in black. Mm. And this applies to any content. It doesn't have to be specially wow. created for this purpose. Because so for it to be done, it's done within the system itself, not, hey, when you're creating your films, your 4K or whatever, it has to include this for this to be able to be activated. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I think this is fantastic. And the other yeah. thing that they showcased was a prototype of a pair of glasses that do the same thing. So when you're walking uh, around the real world. Wow. Like uh, electronic glasses or yeah. I would assume so. Okay. Yeah. So something like the eSight. I love it because I personally, I've always felt that this kind of tech is already out there. Like we could scale our colors to a certain degree when we're watching TV. Uh, we already have all these different color options when, if you're used to using as a low vision person, the CCTV, right? To um, like the electronic magnifiers to, I don't know, I prefer blue on gray or white on. Right on. Yeah, exactly, yep. right? Like white on red and like just so you can bring out certain color tones and that has nothing to do with the original picture. It all has to do with how um, the machine is processing the colors and what it's bringing out versus what it's eliminating. John, yeah, they, they seem to have a lot of different that? things. They seem to have where, a lot where of you could adjust it. Like, like, could you do that? Yeah. That they show you how to do that. Like Ramya saying, if you tend to have something that you works better. Like I remember messing around with the colors so much when I was a kid with the TV, and my family would say, "What have you done?" But it was for my colored blind and what I could see at the time, what I needed to adjust so I could get the most of it. Yeah, they they've actually got a number of different modes, uh, including right. a color blindness uh, adjustment, so you can actually choose your favorite colors. I'm not entirely sure if it's combined with the Reluminos mode as well, um, but they had a number of accessibility features specifically for their TVs, and I thought it was pretty interesting. It is interesting. That's amazing. And it's I interesting it's that they're putting this kind of thing into mainstream, because like I said, we'd utilize the, these features in specialized equipment, but I mean, Samsung is like just the biggest brand ever. <laughs> yeah, wow. and they made a big deal That's about really it. Cool. I, I, you know what? It's just nice the conversations out there that people are getting manufacturers more of a clue of, hey, we have audience members out there and here's some of the needs of, of some of the specific groups. Fantastic. Uh, sir, let's talk a little bit about makeup work here. Uh, L'Oreal shows the hap 
uh, stabilizer for makeup uh, application and for people primarily with um, motor skills. Um, a lipstick gimbal, would you call it? Yeah, this was a really interesting uh, product uh, meant for people that have um, motor skill issues. And essentially what it does is it stabilizes your makeup applicator. So whether it's lipstick or eyeshadow or um, mascara, it makes it very easy for the person controlling it to apply it without having to worry and compensate for a shake that they might have in their hands. Mm -hmm. mm, and, fantastic. Uh, Wow. Are you able to talk a little bit more about like the the physical part of it, like how it operates or where you could stick the thing in? Like, do you know anything more about that? They only had one sample available for us to play with, okay. and it was with lipstick. And it looked like it was like a magnetic connector that attaches to the end of very similar to what a, like a gimbal you would get for a smartphone, for example, to stabilize the video. Um, essentially, it allows you to rotate it almost 360 degrees to find that sweet spot to get it just the right angle that you need to get to it. And then um, it will basically have a different set of uh, motors that will compensate for any shakes to stabilize the actual uh, tip of the applicator. So cool. Yeah. We know, like we have Bella Strange on who uh, comes monthly to talk makeup applications, and she has mentioned that there are other versions of this, I guess, if you will, like to stabilize, to help people with dexterity challenges, um, limb differences even. But I think that L'Oreal, the part that I'm curious about for this is uh, L'Oreal picking it up and how great that is for obviously marketing for them. But again, big brand. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that was almost I've a heard theme. Of it, too. I mean, it, it wasn't the dominant theme at CES, right. but there was a lot of, you know, uh, sustainability and accessibility uh, themes across all the brands, which was great to see this year. That's phenomenal. It really is. And again, we're hearing more of this. This I'd heard something before, like uh, Ramya was saying about Bella speaking of that, but I'd heard something a couple of years back uh, like this that we spoke about on the show. And it just lets you know that the help is they're trying in their own ways and people yeah. coming up with creativity. You just hope that whatever sticks works for a multitude of people gets to the market and, uh, and definitely can be found and is available. Fantastic. So we saved biggest for last, at least in terms mm -hmm. of equipment, big. <laughs> so autonomous <laughs> wheelchair that's being tested at the Winnipeg airport uh, that can take customers directly to their gate without any assistance. Fantastic. Yeah, this was a company called Will, and they're based in Winnipeg, and they've got a pilot program with the Winnipeg airport. And essentially what this is, it's an, uh, a wheelchair that you can climb into, uh, there's a little display on there that you can punch in the gate you need to get to, and it will just take you right to that gate. You can stop off to the bathroom or do whatever you need to do, but it'll take you right where you need to go. Um, and it has all kinds of sensors, so it's not going to bump into anybody else. But essentially, this gives you that freedom that you wouldn't have normally. You'd have to have, you know, uh, an airline representative taking you to the gate. Um, there's a little uh, cubby on the back for your carry-on bags and stuff like that as well. And uh, it was pretty cool. They let they let me get into it, and I got to drive around the show floor a little bit. Uh, someone was still controlling it because there wasn't actually a gate to get to, but uh, mm -hmm. I thought it was a really cool program that uh, you know it takes you to the gate, and then it basically just goes back to the you know the probably the front counter wherever it needs to go. I guess security maybe um, to reset itself and charge itself back up again to take the next customer. Wow! And I guess they could 
with an app or whatever, deploy it to wherever they need that and whatever plane it's got to get to or be at uh, for someone needing that help or, or gate, I should really say, where, where it can be, you know, grabbed or utilized. That, that is to me just tremendous. And when we talk about needing assistance and people needing help, um, I, I think that it's so great because so many times people are stuck waiting. Yep. Waiting yep. is the the only thing you do at the airport and for anybody who needs that assistance which uh, this is how i travel anyway um is like you spend so much of your time waiting and this little bit just without having the assistance of somebody or even if there are people helping you like get in and out of um the chair you know to like at the gate or at the security that still saves so much personnel and so much time yeah and they can be there to support that. someone else yeah, they were saying that the costs of the chair rentals to the airport are significantly less than it costs to actually have a person yep. taking you. And it can actually do more people because it's not waiting around for the next available customer. It can just go back and recharge exactly. itself. So um, I expect to see this type of technology deployed throughout a lot more airports very soon. Yeah. And I would imagine pretty easy for the people at the plane to support, help somebody get into it without maybe feeling or worried about, well, we don't know enough of what we're doing or having that person then um, 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 push the chair, you know, through. And then you get staffing where, you you know, somebody who's a larger person like myself, you know, if I needed to, uh, to be in a wheelchair, um, bad leg or whatever it might be, or, or, you know, you don't have that poor person pushing and tiring out and saying, my gosh. I've got my workout for the day, you know, and not, not meaning any offense or anything like that, but you, you hopefully keep people from potential injury too. Absolutely. Right. That's like, what I look for. How, how did you feel in it? You know, trying it oh, It was great. Uh, it, was, it was, it was fun to be sort of carted around and it was effortless. That's all I can say. I mean, oh, it was very nice. easy to get into and get out of. Um, they had a couple different, uh, uh, speeds that they could do it as well. So, um, and you know it's nice to have the little uh, uh, cargo area in the back for your for your luggage. Mm -hmm. Really cool. Cool. I think that's all amazing. Sorry, Rob, stories... I cut you off. No, that's okay. I was just going to say that all three of these stories have been um, very interesting. Obviously, talking about accessibility and disability uh, specific as well, which is fantastic. But anything else that you found at CES you want to highlight quick? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, I know. One of the neatest things that I found was uh, a set of headphones. And, you know, headphones are a dime a dozen, especially Bluetooth headphones. Um, but these ones have a really interesting uh, sort of special trick up their sleeve. The entire headband is a solar panel. And so essentially you never need to charge it oh because it's gosh. always popping the battery. Up. Oh, that's yep. it. I'm getting those. Wow. Never that's having amazing. to use a charger again. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's constantly, no matter what you're doing, you're going to, I'm going to go for a walk. They're being powered up. Right. Um, what did you see as, as a potential issue with those? Like, I mean, when we say that, and there's a lot of places we are where light's coming in, so it's going to get a little of something, but I'm assuming there's a certain time of day or conditions people could be in where there's just not enough, and, and I guess it can end up running out. I wonder how much from there to a good usable charge, uh, how much time did they say anything about timing at all, John, and charging it? Like, if you well, are in a position where it's run down? Well, it actually has a 90-hour battery built into it, Oof. and oh, okay. I got it about a week ago now, and I haven't ever had to... I charged it up when I got it, just, you know, to top it up. Um, mm -hmm. But I keep going to the app to see that it's depleted, and it's never depleted. Wow. Like, it's still 100%. 
And they actually have an ingenious case design for it. It slides into this little case, and but the headband portion is exposed, and it can actually charge from ambient light. It doesn't have to be sunlight only. So just light in your house. Right. Up. That's How is amazing. The sound? the sound is pretty good. My okay. only complaint about it is that it's a little snug. I have a jug head, though, so if you have a normal size head, it's probably fine. Um, and the company, Urbanista, they actually make... Uh, wireless earbuds as well, and the earbud case has a solar panel on it, so the case is always charging, which is really cool too. Mm. Get on wow, board, Apple. Smart. Just saying. Yeah, my AirPods <laughs> need to be charged. Thank you so much, John. This this is awesome. Um, I hope we can talk more CES. Just trickle that in throughout the weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Talk soon. John Beeler uh, from Get Connected. I always want to say the app show. From Get Connected, joining us from Vancouver every Friday for the app update. And as you probably can tell, we don't just talk apps. We talk all things tech. Wow, how creative and what a way to think about every little potential thing and work on it. Just love to see these things developing. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get in a little conversation. Um, Wednesdays through Fridays, we have the buzz with Bill, but uh, he's away today. Margaret Weldon will step in, though, and she's got a few things for us to discuss when we return next right here on the program. Missed part of the show? Subscribe to the Kelly and Ramya podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, or your go-to podcast player. Download your favorite interviews or listen to the full episode complete with bonus content. And be sure to leave us a rating and review. As we like to say, swinging open the gateway to the weekend, folks, getting you ready right here on Rumya and Kelly. Appreciate your time hanging out with us and so much ahead. A lot of good conversation here on the show today, Rum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talking a little bit of makeup. And this uh, these trend, or I don't want to say this trend, this product that L'Oreal has been putting out about the makeup applicator uh, has been trending everywhere, Kels. Like, it's yeah, really I, I, just I, been taking the world by storm. Well, like I say, I'm sure I heard something about this a couple of years ago. Either this or something, something like it, yeah. Yeah, something just like, because we talked about people with motor skills and the struggles that, that people have, of course, with so many things, because then you always start thinking, what else would someone use it for, right? And, you know, you get really thinking, and some of these makers out there start coming up and running experiments, testing, especially school processes. And you're just like, wow, you know, it's really incredible with what people do. Well, we usually on Wednesdays through Fridays, uh, we bring Bill Shackleton in and we call the segment The Buzz. When Billy's not around, Margaret Weldon steps up to the plate and takes a good swing at it. Let's welcome Margaret Weldon to the show. How are you today, Megs? I'm okay, getting used to all the new technology and all the all the new uh, procedures, but uh, you know it's Friday, so and and the gate is swinging open as you said, Kelly. So what 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 could be better, right? Yeah, throw it all well, out the window and start relaxing, right? That's, that's right. right. Get yourself ready and and settle back and say one week down of many mm -hmm. ahead. Hey, I, I, I was able to get on Zoom. Yep, I was able to get on oh, Zoom, so I'm really great. Yeah. Okay, so oh, today oh, we're come on, you're an old hand at these things. <laughs> No? I like to think okay. so. No, You're an old, no. a young hand at these things. Okay, we'll, we'll settle. We'll settle for that. Okay. All right. Okay. 
So it's funny that you guys should be talking about uh, make makeup applicators and things because the first article we're going to talk about today is uh, a group of uh, researchers in Israel wanted to find out whether uh, employment is connected to a person's looks. So what they did is they they engaged a five they had uh, five thousand people two hundred and fifty uh, twenty five hundred men and twenty five hundred women apply for whatever the half of 2,500 is, jobs. And, and I'm sorry, my math skills are off today. So, 1,250? Uh, yes. Okay. okay, that's fine. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ramya. <laughs> I, I helped you with that before Christmas. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, they, so half of these uh, resumes with the males and females were sent with pictures, while the other half were not. And here's what we discovered. Um, the 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 uh, resumes that had males send in pictures of uh, of, uh, of of attractive males uh, received a twenty percent response. So in other words, twenty percent of those resumes got a response for an interview or interest or or whatever. Um, pictures of plain men received a ten percent response rate. Well, men who sent resumes without pictures received a 9.2 response rate. Okay, mm. now that's uh, that. Now, now that's uh, now this is uh, with uh, with uh, with the men. Now, with the women who uh, sent in resume pictures, the ones that sent the the, the ones that were plain-looking women who sent in resumes received a 22 response. Or sorry, the the attractive received a, a, a an 11.2 response rate. Uh, the, the plain women received a 22% response rate. Now, here's a shocking thing. The women who did not send pictures with their resumes received a 30% response rate. And after the researchers um, interviewed the uh, employers who, you know, respond to all these resumes, they came to the conclusion that Men who sent in pictures with their resumes were seen as con as confidence. They were trying to show confidence because they looked very, very presentable. They looked organized. Well, women who sent pictures in uh, were, were trying to simply market their looks rather than their skills. And that was received as uh, a negative point of view from uh, those employers. Wow. What do we think? Yeah. That's well, interesting. Okay, wow. before you even told us what the results were and we went through these comparisons of numbers, Margaret, I always, I mean, I already felt that there was going to be a huge discrepancy between the men and the women, regardless of right. the numbers, that we were going to see some significant differences. And there's the case. At the end of the day, you know, women who well, send pictures at all are perceived differently than men. In this study, as a as a woman, as a woman, Rumya, like as a female, are are you surprised at these results? Not surprised because, like, in the sense of the bottom line, which was that they said, you know, women who were sending pictures uh, were trying to get jobs based on their looks. Like, I think that's just that's a day old assumption, right? Like, it's it's always been kind of um, along that line where we're thinking, well. You got to, you know, do, do women want to be treated a certain way? Is there a reason why you're sending something with the picture? It's just looked at differently, quite literally. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. That's right. How about you, Kelly? What are your thoughts? Well, I, I wouldn't, and again, being probably being low vision, I wouldn't even think about sending a picture 
Um, unless, you know, you're, if you have a, a theater resume or something like that and you're performing, then okay, you do something, you know, you include that so that they get an idea if you fit what they're looking for, for a part or something like that if you're an actor. But I wouldn't think about it otherwise, but I do get the whole confidence thing as a guy that they're not, in their interpretation, well, he's not worried about anything involving looks or whatever. It doesn't matter. He is well-dressed and, and seems to be clean. Very important things that we think about, be presentable. So I think guys are under a bit different, um, I guess, mandate, if you want to say mm -hmm. for that, or right. uh, the pressure that way. Whereas uh, the female, to sit there and say, well, I don't want anyone down the road accusing me of this, you know, uh, hiring a person because of their look or, or not. So I, 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 I think if it's... Males hiring, you get in a real position where uh, that may unfortunately come up, which, you know, is unfair. You want the best candidate for the job. But That's it's, right. Well, best candidate, but see how the the assumptions skew some mm -hmm. people in favor of that and others not in favor, right? Like if you're yep. saying we want the best that. candidate for the job, oh, look how this man present himself very confidently and, boy, why would this woman want to send a picture of herself? Does she think that we're uh, hiring based on photos? Well, right, like and somebody could lose out on a potential job. They could have the greatest credentials yes. for the job and be knocked out. We'd always say, oh, they'd Simply be knocked out maybe the by picture. their looks. But they could also be knocked out by the theory that the only reason they're sending the picture That's in right. is to sway the crowd. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Wow, Oof. interesting. Very interesting. Okay, let's, let's look at a, another interesting topic now. And uh, this is, uh, oh, by the way, these articles today are from uh, the, what's called the, Resumer, the Zoomer Report, The Boomer's Guide to Living Well. And, and they always come up with these little fun facts. So it's, it's something I really enjoy getting into. Now, uh, the next come thing we're going to look at today is conversation and brain power. So uh, a group of researchers in Michigan wanted to find out how conversation affected brain power. So what they did was they, they got a group of people together who did not know each other and asked them to engage in 10-minute conversations, just about, you know, life in general. And then they asked them to do some tasks after, like that involved memory and stuff. And what they found was the results were positive where then they they took uh, these people and they put them in different groups and asked them to talk about competitive or negative subjects for 10 minutes and perform the same tasks and they found out mm. that there was no improvement so in other words positive conversation can really strengthen uh, how a person uh, does a task or 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 feels or or whatever the case might be so if you're going to write an exam or something like that you might want to have a positive conversation with a colleague or a friend or a family member before doing that. I like the sense. aspect of it being strangers that they put you in with, though, for the for the conversations, because that kind of reminds me of, you know, if you have a really good Uber ride to somewhere or uh, you engage with someone on, I don't know, public transit. I'm thinking of transportation specifically on the way right. to something. And I yep. totally like getting out of that car or vehicle or whatever, feel energized after having great interactions with strangers you know, fun or pleasant or just being able to share a laugh or on the street, like when I'm uh, walking my dog, um, running into people and having fun, pleasant conversations, that makes me feel energized into the next thing that I'm doing, into the next phase. And I'm not sure if you guys can attest to that too. No, I, I agree yep. with that. Like sure. it is the one thing I like, I use Wheeltrans, which is our parasit mm -hmm. paratransit system. And for me, uh, you know, I, I love it when I can have a positive conversation with a driver or with, you know, somebody that I, I you know, somebody that's in the vehicle with yeah. you that just talks about this and that. And 
and I, I'm like you, Ramya. I, I always feel so good about it afterwards, and I, and, and the rest of the day is, is, you know, goes well for yeah. me. That's what I find. Yeah. I found the um, negative too thing. You know, to me, it's a no-brainer in the sense of sure. if you have an unpleasant, especially like you got to do something at work, let's say, and you have a nice conversation, you're you're likely to go in and no matter what the task is bring yourself really into it if you're not feeling great about it you may achieve getting it done and everything like that but it makes everything so much more painstaking is that, mm -hmm. that yes. way to say yeah. it? Mm -hmm. and and just unpleasant even the most pleasant task that you might have to do because we've put ourselves in that headspace so uh, i would think it would hurt the performance of how you do that regardless uh, interesting that uh, you know that not necessarily but the fact, I think, is that when you meet a stranger and you have a positive or negative conversation, there's not a, a, an investment. So you may not get as upset or cheery or happy as you deal with them, right? Like it yeah, just may be, it may be different and, and it may not affect you as much as if you were sitting there talking to somebody that you know well who really can get you hyped up. Mm -hmm about right. whatever it is because they're more emotional we're more emotionally uh, invested. emotionally invested yes right. yeah, yeah yeah and and that's interesting on the reaction and margaret i'm sure you find that as well oh yes i i do yeah i i certainly do now let's talk about just something that kind of is along the same line smiling mm -hmm. and life expectancy so a group of uh psychologists for the journal of uh, science psychology journal um looked at a database that had contained uh professional baseball players and their videos and, and their photos. And they found, and then they followed these players after. What they discovered is the players who had a smile on their face when they took the photo and they followed them lived to be an average of 80 years of age, where the players who didn't smile lived to be maybe about 73.5 years of age. Now, it, psychologists say it doesn't mean anything, but again, this is another mm. sign that happiness is good for life, good, good, good mm. for your health, good for your life. And, and just as we're saying, good conversation, it, it makes the day go better. And uh, I, that's all I can say about that. Well, it's also because the psychologist like, it doesn't mean anything, but it's not going to hurt you anymore if you smile. Right? <laughs> that's like, right. It's like they don't want to be held to it because, no. well, yeah. hold on but a second. But enjoy your life. Uh, yeah, exactly. But, and, and while you're at it, keep smiling. Yeah, yeah. I, I find it hard when they say stuff like that because, you know, what do you mean? Like, you know, you want to be happy. Of course, we know that doesn't mean, well, I'm going to live to 99 if I keep smiling and right. all that. I, I, I understand that, too. Right? Mm -hmm. right. But I do love like when you hear um, people who've reached their centenaries or something like that, they're 101, you know, when you interview them and you get like the tidbits of, well, uh, what do you think made you live so long? And, and people always have these different answers. Yeah, right. and, and I think, you know, some, a lot of time people say it's something to do with their diet. Sometimes yeah, it's yeah. to do with the fact that I, I quit smoking when I was 70, so that, that helped me live till I was, Somebody you know, to, live this long, right? A glass of whiskey uh, uh, every Friday night or something like that. Well, well you know, I'm it's funny. I go to uh, doctor's appointments with, um, with a friend of mine, and uh, Quite often, we get picked up at the Sherway Gardens Mall here in Etobicoke, and there's a gentleman that walks there every day that's about 102 years of age, and I'm not kidding yes, you. Yes, yes. And we said, what's the secret? He said, you know what I do? I get up in the morning, I have a good breakfast of bacon and eggs, 
I come over here, I walk the mall, I meet people, I, I talk, I say hello, I go yeah, home at, at, at noon, and I feel great for the afternoon. Yep, and, I understand and, and that. Says, yeah, yeah. And he says, I've been doing this for 30 years. Wow. No, you got there, your smile, your conversation, and exercise. Margaret, we'll catch you next week. Have a good show, guys. Goodbye. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Margaret Weldon filling in for Bill Shackleton today on the buzz right here on the program. In the next hour, there was a record broken in 2022 in the audiobook world. What was it? Ryan Huey fills us in on the chatty bookshelf. And let's get to conversation recaps and discuss segments from the past week on Cut for Time. Up next, though, our gardener, Susan Kearney. Stay tuned. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.